Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicola Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Roddenverse series. Hello everyone and welcome to The Best Damn Camp, a Rodenverse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm a friendly neighbourhood lesbian author and host, Fran. Welcome to the show. Today we are continuing our timeline journey with The House of Sadie... Wow, The House of Sadie. <laughs> the House of Hades section entitled Nico's Story which is from pages 246 to 293. As always, I have my points to focus on, so today we've got characters, plot, own voices, and generally what I thought of it. So let's dive in. So this section is entirely from Jason's POV, so this is the overview of Jason's chapters. We open with Jason's dream vision on top of a building in Midtown, where he sees Raina, son of Camp Jupiter, Rachel Elizabeth Dare, and Grover, who is, I believe, making his first appearance in Heroes of Olympus, or at least first proper appearance. Rachel and Grover have received a message from Annabeth within Tartarus, and it's a message for Raina telling her about the statue. After some bullshit with Octavian that has Rachel showing them what's up with her powers, Raina decides it'll be worth a shot of getting the statue if it could bring peace, because she knows how to find Jason. With a little bit of nonsense with Jason, Raina and Piper after the vision ends, it's decided that they will go to, I'm not going to say this name right, Dyslethian's palace in Split Dalmatia, also known as Croatia, to leave Raina a message of how to find them. It's upon hearing of this palace that Nico remembers the scepter that allows you to control the dead, something that could be of use when going to the House of Hades. It's Jason and Nico quest time. After seeing an angel in Split, they decide to follow it and find a place that Nico remembers from his childhood. It turns out this angel also knows of Nico and has been watching him for some time, because that's not creepy. And to gain the scepter, they must meet Cupid, and Nico must personally face the god of love. And then the horror begins. Cupid taunts Nico, physically harms him and Jason, just to drive the truth out of him, force him to admit a truth he didn't even want to admit to himself. Only when the truth, his crush on Percy, is revealed, do they receive the scepter. And it doesn't really feel worth it, after all, that just happened. Now, I don't... If you guys followed my social media, you'll have seen that, I think it was like last year, um, that I was on CB Brain's episode covering this section. So you may already know my thoughts, particularly about this whole Nico's story, 
section um, because um, I freaking hate it. I hate it so much. It is probably the thing that I despise most about the Heroes of Olympus because it is so incredibly upsetting that I don't think I could ever get past it because it is that upsetting to me because okay I'm just gonna skip right to the own voices thing so uh, I'm just using this term it's not in the way in which it's usually used in terms of like publishing which is like people from that background writing their own story sort of thing I'm kind of half using it because but like from a character perspective because uh, Nico's short story like his coming out and everything should have been from his point of view or at least if it couldn't be from his point of view how would be from someone who actually gives a shit about him? Because Jason does not care. Jason does not like Nico. Jason is not the right person to be around Nico when all this terrible stuff is happening to him. Like this emotional, heartbreaking moment, for me at least, loses its weight because it's something that is being taken away from Nico tw- twice. I nearly said that word wrong. <laughs> Like, his ability to decide when he wants to say his truth is gone because Q-Boot is forcing it out of him. And also his ability to control his actual narrative is gone too because this is from Jason's perspective. Like, it's just, the whole thing is so invasive to me. And it just, it may, as someone who got outed at school, like, it's so uncomfortable for me to read because it just, it feels so much like what happened. And the fact that it's also from Jason's point of view and it's Jason's feelings on the matter and it's Jason's perspective on the matter and it's through Jason that we're getting these feelings. It just makes me so much more unhappy with how it comes about because I had the same thing. My story, my life, my truth was told by multiple other people spread to multiple other people and led to the actual reality of my identity not being mine me then having to fill in this idea of what a queer person is meant to look like and sound like and act like because of other people's perceptions of me being outed like I had no control whatsoever and I hated every single second of it and um to half spoil a little bit for the sun and the star um which i'll see if i can put in a timestamp somewhere but um the fact that nico then considers jason a friend because of this scene makes me feel so much more physically sick because (laughs) jason like it's this whole thing is just they're not friends Jason is really not at, like Jason is doing the bare minimum in this scene we have a whole section of him being like oh I guess gay people aren't as weird as what other gods have done which is the least ally type thing anyone could say <laughs> and then the fact that he just it's like he didn't want to be around Nico he doesn't like being around Nico and he does like a half-hearted it's okay and then it's like the only good thing he does is that he doesn't tell people that's literally the only good thing he does and somehow they're friends but <laughs> whatever I mean they're they're supposedly all friends in this series anyway when it's what set over four weeks they're not friends <laughs>
Anyway, but to focus on the own voices aspect, I just want to bring up some of the quotes in this section because it's just what makes me more frustrated. Think, so this is from Cupid. I know, is it from Cupid? I can't remember who it's from now. Um, I think it's from his minion, whose name I can't pronounce and haven't written down anyway. So, think long and hard about how you proceed, Nico D'Angelo. You cannot lie to Cupid. If you let your anger rule you, well, your fate will be even sadder than mine. Like, it's... I hate this. I hate this very much. It's this presentation that lying to yourself and, like, he's trying to convince himself that, you know, he hates Percy, he doesn't have a crush on Percy because, you know, he's in so much denial about his sexuality. And this whole thing's like, oh, you can't lie to love. You can't let anger rule you. I'm like, um, no, he can decide. Like, give him time. It's the fact that they're doing this solely to force Nico to come out. It just, it makes the whole sequence so scummy to me that, and I've mentioned this when I was on TV Brain, I do usually skip this section because it just makes me so viscerally uncomfortable because it's just such a horrendous thing to read and it makes me uncomfortable to read it again. And I just... There's nothing about this that I enjoy. There's nothing about this that is nice. The fact that it's all from Jason's POV as well just takes away... Like, it's just taking away Nico's power and taking away Nico's choice. And, like, this kid has been through enough already to have his decision of who and how he tells people. Just... It just... I hate it. I hate it so much. Like... Jason getting the flashbacks and the memories is just, it just, it's so invasive. It's just, I really don't like it. And then we have this whole moment here of just like Percy, uh, not Percy, Nico being like, I had a crush on Percy, Nico spat. That's the truth. That's the big secret. He glared at Cupid, happy now. And then there's this whole thing Cupid uh, seemed sympathetic. Oh, I wouldn't say love always makes you happy. His voice sounded smaller, much more human. Sometimes it makes you incredibly sad, but at least you face it now. That's the only way to conquer me. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. For one, it's kind of, uh, and I think, <laughs> sorry, it's just because I'm, I re-listened to the Seaweed Brain episode in preparation for reading this. Um, and I can't remember if it's, it may have been Carter who said it, um, about this whole section of like, it's giving this presentation because it's like, yeah, sometimes can love can make you sad. It's just kind of, I I agree with what they said about how it's kind of giving this idea that queer love is always sad and always kind of doesn't have a happy ending. I mean, the story we get in this section of an actual queer god love story is about a mortal, you know, Hyacinth being brutally murdered because two men loved him and one of them was jealous. I mean, it was... It's just... Yeah, it's... I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it more that Jason is involved with it because, like, if if there was any one person that should have been... Like, if it had to not be in Nico's POV, he should have gone down with Hazel. I know she isn't the one leaving the note for Raina. That whole... I'm going to talk about that in plot because that whole thing is stupid anyway. But if he had to go and do this, it should have been with Hazel because Jason doesn't like... Oh, I said this already. Jason doesn't like Nico. Nico doesn't like Jason. Justifiably. 
Jason's kind of a judgmental asshole. But if he was to have this happen with anyone, it should have been Hazel, even if it doesn't make sense plot-wise. But really, this whole section doesn't make sense plot-wise. I'm going to get into that now, actually, because I'm annoyed. But why are you doing the side quests? So- I can't say that word. Side quests, Rick, for the plot. Like, I legitimately do not understand. Like, we're given this explanation that uh, Rena needs to know where... Re- not Rena. Raina needs to know where to find them. But she knows where to find them for the statue because they're going to Mount Olympus. Like, they're not going to leave the statue there for her to get. They're not, like... <laughs> they have this whole thing. It's just like, we're going to... um Do I have the name? Yeah, so they're saying they're going to leave their route to Epirus and she'll find their way there. And I'm just like, she's just only just crossing the Atlantic. And for our heroes, it's taken them about two, two and a half weeks to get there. And they're expecting her to get there around the same time as them. When it took them on a flying ship two and a half weeks. And all she's got is a Pegasus. Like, I know that it's going to be that whole thing because I don't remember how it happens. I'm just like, oh, she's going to get there in time. It's going to be fine. I'm just like, that shouldn't be the case because um, that's stupid. (laughs) At least have some realism. She shouldn't be able to, like, I know Raina is incredible, but she should not be able to cross the Atlantic by herself with only a Pegasus fighting monsters, as I remember we find out, because she shouldn't be able to get there in only a few days. It's ridiculous. But I just... I don't get the point of this. I also don't remember where they do drop the statue off for her, but in general, they didn't, like... They could have just left it... Like, if the whole thing is like, they know she's going to come there, why don't they leave the statue there? I mean, leave Nico there with it as well. Like, technically, Nico does not... Well, no, he does need to take them to the House of Hades. Um, crap. Actually, hold on. Oh, no, because they don't know that she's going to the House of Hades. It's a whole thing. Sorry, I was just thinking about Annabeth's nose. Like, why don't she tell them? But she doesn't know. But she's not going to get that. She should not be able to get there within that period of time. I don't remember if she does or doesn't not now. But it's just it's just such a stupid side quest. And I just... And then there are additional reasons. Like, oh, yes, let's get this scepter. A scepter that they do not need. Like... They have this whole thing of just like, oh, it helps summon the Roman dead, and then like a member of the legion, like a leader of the Romans, can control them. Okay, Nico can already summon the dead, including the Roman dead. Why do we need a scepter? He can already do these things, and they can also do it really powerfully already. And uh, it's just so little explanation and it's just very frustrating because i do not understand what was this for what like what why 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 <sighs> let's talk about jason a little bit more um he sucks as an ally <laughs> he and he's not an ally i mean he's just like let nico live in peace you're just being judgmental and um not very helpful his whole thing, like, he has, like, Jason tried not to show his discomfort, but his skin prickled at the thought of going anywhere with Nico D'Angelo. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up right now. You already know, like, let's just go with the fact that the scepter, yeah, sure, the scepter is useful, I guess. You, you need Nico for it, because he's the death guy. Don't, why? 
You already wanted Nico to die. You could at least try and not be a dick continuously afterwards. And Jason just in general is kind of questionable throughout this whole thing. So like he has this whole ugh moment where he's just like, oh, I feel so bad for leading Rainer on. I didn't, but I also kind of did because I never shut her down. I'm like, okay, so yeah, you're a dick about it. What's, what's your point? Um, and it was just like, just seeing her made him feel guilty about it. Bro, get over yourself. Um, <laughs> she clearly, like, you already know she moved on. Maybe it's just because she moved on and he's kind of like, he's not got, he's upset that she moved on so easily. Because like she had, like she was clearly upset seeing him with Piper, but like it was like a small quick moment and then she was perfectly fine. And then he seemed also kind of upset that Piper was not upset because he mentions Raina and he looks at Piper and he's like, oh my God, she's going to be so jealous. But she just kind of gives him like a sly smirk. I was like, I know what you're probably thinking, but no, why would I be jealous? It's just, Jason, get over yourself. Um, but he's also then really questionable throughout. <laughs> like him and Raina, like him mentioning that he and Raina really liked this emperor guy whose name, again, I can't say because I'm dyslexic. But he's a guy who committed atrocities. Um, like, he did terrible stuff to the Christians. I admit, I haven't looked into the details of this emperor um, because I don't have the time, the energy, um, and I don't want to. But they mention that he committed atrocities. <laughs> but he says the re Like, he's like, oh, I know this, but he was the last pagan emperor. And I'm like, ah... And then this other thing of just like, and you know, he actually gave up the throne willingly. And I'm just, again, I'm just kind of like, ah, uh, I still don't think that's a good reason to be like, yeah, this guy is someone we admire. I don't think that was the term that he, they used, and I don't have the book with me right now. But it's just like they looked up to him. They were just like, oh yeah, it'd be really cool to see him because he was just, he's like our favorite emperor. And I'm just like, why do you have a favorite emperor? All the emperors kind of suck because they're, you know, not great people. They do very terrible, terrible things. Like, you know, slavery. <laughs> oh, it just, oh my god. It was just a whole thing. I, mm-mm-mm. <sighs> but the only thing that I'm just kind of like, what was good in this section about Jason, sorry, this, we're, we're back to the very negative episodes again. Sorry, y'all. Um, the only thing that I liked in this section to do with Jason is this line here of, it was hard to talk about his life before Juno wiped his memory. His years at Camp Jupiter seemed made up like a movie he'd acted in decades before. Because trauma. I mean, also, again, it's really freaking weird that unlike Percy, Jason did not get his memories back properly. And we never explore his past properly either. Because why does Percy get all of his memories back when we, you know, have all of his story already? But Jason doesn't. Because he's just like, it's like I acted in a movie. And I'm just like, okay, well, what happened in this movie? Give me the laydown of what happened in this movie. Because we know nothing about him still. And it's very annoying. Um, But yeah, the trauma of it all. Of just like, you know, it feels made up. Because, you know, it didn't feel real. And he's only kind of been back. Well, he's been back to himself for a while. So I don't... Well, trauma's long lasting. But yeah, it's just... It's an interesting moment, brushed off very, very quickly. And again, I don't understand why he doesn't have his memories back or why it feels weird. Especially considering he didn't seem to be without his memories for very long. But again... Rick did not know how to write this character. Like, Jason really did not have the best characterization. 
But, uh, yeah, that's kind of all I have to say. I know I ended up trauma dumping here about my own outing, but, um, that was the main thing, which is why I wanted to call this Nico's story, because Nico deserved better. He deserved so much better. Um, and I have become a Nico stan-ish. Well, not a Nico stan. I like him more than I used to. Like, I used to dislike him because he was very one-note. But The Sun and the Star helped me like him again. And reading this after reading The Sun and the Star, yeah. I mean, I was always his defender over this thing in general anyway because this was always really fucked up. But, um, yeah, just having it more so now, I'm kind of like, yeah, seriously, doubly, what the fuck? Uh, especially considering they then make this moment a, like, a friendship solidifier in The Sun and the Star between him and Jason. It's just very, very upsetting. Anyway, though, I think that's all I have to say for this week's episode. Um, but to get to the cusp of it all, the, the cusp of it, no, that's not even how you say that. Anyway, the question of the episode, that's what I'm trying to get to. I want to know. Do you believe that Nico's coming out should have happened in his POV? So that'll go up on our social media. I want to hear your thoughts on this. And um, yeah, thank you all for joining me for this week's section. Be sure to join me. Well, be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Royal Reverse journey. Oh, this has been a whirlwind of voice errors. Enjoy. <laughs> If you would like to support this podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran to get early access to all Best Damn Camp episodes. If you would like to get involved over on social media, you can find me over at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, from Spotify to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer and anything in between. Be sure to leave a rating and a review as well if you can. Want to know more about my upcoming writing? Drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see, shall I speak to you guys next time. Bye.